Welcome to the latest edition of Energy and Utilities Market Talk. I'm Andrew Roscoe, Editor of Energy and Utilities. And for this episode, we're going to delve into the crucial topic of digitalization. I was going to say, alongside the energy transition, digitalization is one of the key themes in the energy market at the moment. However, as I'm sure will come on later today, it's actually a key enabler of the energy transition. I'm delighted to welcome Michael Wilkinson, Chief Product Officer at Utopus Insights, as our expert guest today to discuss all things digital. Welcome, Michael. Many thanks for joining us today. If you would just like to give us a bit of an introduction to yourself and Utopus Insights. Hi, Andrew. Thanks for inviting me along. Utopus Insights is a data science company with software development, data science, and digital technology experts who are really aimed at solving that exact problem that you touched on. So we're enabling the energy transition through digital solutions. Utopus was actually a spin-out from IBM originally. So that's where the founders came from. And shortly after being spun out, it was acquired by Vestas, the wind turbine OEM. So real connection into the digital space, but also into the renewables space as well. That was new to me earlier when you said that Utopus was owned by Vestas. And that's an interesting insight in its own that renewable energy company is investing in a technology and data company. So many thanks for joining us. Yeah, and just on that, the Vestas is traditionally a company that manufactures things and then puts stuff in the ground. And I think in the acquisition of Utopus, they really wanted to build the digital capabilities as well. I think to start off, Michael, it'd be good just to get an idea from you on what do we mean by digitalization in the energy sector? I mean, it's obviously a broad word and theme. So if you could just maybe identify what you think are the essential elements when we talk about digital developments in the utility sector. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's sometimes helpful just to even explain what we mean by digitalization, right? It's definitely a a buzzword and it's an industry that's full of buzzwords. So starting from a common starting point is helpful. So for me, I, I like to separate in my mind this concept of making things digital which I would describe really as digitization or digitizing things. And that's maybe things like going from paper-based service records into, into electronic records and collecting those data as you go in the field. But also then things like moving from solutions maybe based in Microsoft Excel into some code, for example. That for me is digitization. That in itself is valuable, but it doesn't really give you the whole exploitation of it. And that's where I think about what I would call digitalization, which is really the business opportunities created by making things digital. So you have your service records collected in the field electronically. What are the business opportunities created by that? Well, maybe it's to allow you to do more automated benchmarking, for example, of how an asset is performing where are the main failures and so on. But that's not the end of it either, because I think often what we're really aiming for is a digital transformation, which is where you use the 
digitization and digitalization to really change your business model. And for me, that's digital transformation. So in that example, collecting data in the field electronically, doing benchmarking, then the change in business model might well be actually offering that benchmarking as a potential new revenue stream. That is really only possible by the very first thing at the beginning to making things digital. And then in the power and renewable sector, there are many opportunities for exploitation of these things. What do you see as customer priorities when it comes to adopting digitalization in the power sector? Yeah, that's a really interesting question. I think it varies between different parts of the power and renewable sector. In the transmission and distribution world, the focus is a lot on operational excellence and aiming for advanced sensing, more visibility of the performance of the assets and predictability of the performance of the assets. And then looking further down in the power sector, then in the renewables world, which is maybe inherently a bit more digital, you know, wind turbines have always had data collected from them. There the opportunities are around describing the solutions of the maybe descriptive type of analytics to allow you to better react to how an asset is performing through predictive analytics. So forecasting and predicting failures or changes in the output from an an asset. Then really the dream is to be proactive. So to give prescriptive analytics where you're able to really leverage the data patterns in order to be able to optimize asset maintenance. And ultimately, I think that we're potentially thinking about things like automation as well. So automated digital twins. So take all of that data from your asset, consider the way in which the weather is changing, what are the price signals from the grid, what's the impact on the life of a turbine, if it's a wind turbine, and then to be able to actually have the asset itself or the digital twin of the asset make decisions about how to operate that in relation to the entire grid. That's kind of the dream where we're aiming for. It's a multi-stepped process. In summary, I'd say it's horses for courses, so to speak, or it's uh, different applications in different parts of the power sector. Sure. I think that's the key element. It's not just about the latest technologies or digital hardware. It's about the whole system, isn't it? How digitalization can be utilized across the whole system and, you know, to improve efficiency and operation of networks. Yeah, it really is. And this is very much the point that you touched on right at the beginning. You know, digital technology is a means to an end. Digitalization is a means to an end. It's not the end objective, right? So, you know, there's a whole lot of cool stuff. So there's incredible new computing power, distributed computing, cloud computing. There's a whole lot of new sensors available as well, that are very low-cost sensors. And this concept of IoT, Internet of Things, incredibly valuable for distributed assets. But then also the connectivity between them, the, you know, the, we're all familiar with the internet, but then there's new connectivity solutions such as 5G mobile solutions that are allowing internet speeds that are hundreds of megabytes just over the airwaves, which are phenomenal. And then the software that allows you to do incredible things with artificial intelligence and machine learning, 
these are things that we couldn't have really thought about even just 10 or 15 years ago. So there's a whole lot of cool stuff there, but it's not really the point. It's really about the uh, the opportunities that are created from it and the business opportunities and seeing that as a key enabler of the energy transition. As you've touched on quite a few times already, the energy transition in 2018, 72% of all new power capacity installed that year was from clean energy, which I find amazing. It just shows the rate which governments and energy companies are moving ahead yeah. with the push for clean energy. And even last year, I find this even more interesting, during the pandemic, energy demand dropped. However, renewables was the only energy source where there was an increase in demand, according to, I think, the, the IEA. So that shows even when there's quite a significant drop in energy demand, utilities and energy companies are still looking to increase the, the percentage of renewables they're using. So it's full steam ahead for the energy transition. What impact will the digitalization have in terms of the transition? I mean, as you discussed, it, it will enable it. But what are some of the key elements and, and components of, of digitalization which can help spur on the development of renewables? Exactly. And looking to the future, pretty much every forecast I've seen has significant penetration of renewable generation by 2050 and beyond. Is it fast enough? You know, that's a whole other topic. I think we need to go faster. But the point is that this is having a huge impact on the entire electricity system. So in the old world, we had large central generation with transmission lines down to maybe down to large factories and so on, then down into the distribution network and to small consumers, but very much a one-way flow of power. As we are adding more and more of these renewable generation sources into the grid, they're tending to be added much lower down in the grid. So down in the distribution network even. And at the same time, consumers are now also generating electricity as well. So, you know, rooftop solar, for example, being being a, a key key part there. And in the whole mix as well, you then have a huge wide-scale electrification of a whole load of different industries for or aspects. So transport, for example, electrification of transport means that in many countries there are now quite aggressive targets on sale of EVs. If everybody comes home and plugs their electric car into the network at uh, six o'clock on the evening after they come home from work, the distribution networks were not really designed to cope with that. So the point is that this new world that we're heading towards is completely different to this old traditional electricity system architecture. And that cannot just happen by itself. It really requires quite significant changes in how the grid is operated. So you have a whole load more generation, much lower down in the grid. You then have the potential for demand side management requirements at the consumer level, the household level. And there is no way that that can be done manually by humans. It has to be done digitally. And for me, I see that as being one of the key opportunities for the energy transition is to utilize digitalization and digital technology. So you can have demand side management paired with changes in how generation happens, for example. Yeah, I think 
the first obstacle that renewables had to overcome was the cost of, of, of producing renewable energy. And as we've seen now over, over the last three or four years, the cost of producing renewable energy now is actually cheaper than conventional power. So that 10 years ago, when I started covering the sector, was regarded as a, a distant dream. Managed you know, to reach that milestone a lot quicker than anticipated. And now the challenge is how do you install it? It's not simply just replacing a coal-fired power plant with some solar panels. It's integrating in the system. And as you said, there's going to be distributed resources as well. So it's a whole new problem. I'll phrase it as a, a problem, a challenge, I guess, is, is the better word for energy providers. So digital will play a, a key role in that. Something you, you've touched on already is in terms of forecasting, you know, it comes to forecasting where energy demand is required, what resources on the grid can meet that demand. What role can digitalization play in that? I think forecasting is absolutely key here because you go from a system which is highly chaotic or highly, apparently um, highly chaotic, but at least very complex, significantly more complex than the old world, then you need to be able to predict that. A really interesting thing to note is that wind power and silver power is absolutely variable but it's incredibly predictable in most parts of the world you can predict with a very high level of accuracy what generation you're going to be able to get from your wind and silver and that combined with a prediction on consumption as well and the controllability of consumption but being able to match these two against one against the other is a key piece of the energy transition in my mind and it's all about taking the uncertainty out of it and turning what is an immensely complex problem you know the, the grid and the physics of the grid and the engineering of the grid is mind-blowing a very multi-variable problem but to take that and make it predictable that's the key thing right you know that's the um that's where we're heading. And being able to do that purely on physics and engineering, I think, is a pretty hard task. But the advances in computing, cloud computing, and the advances in artificial intelligence and machine learning mean that this combination of data science and the physics or the data science plus domain knowledge becomes more important, in my mind. You can get the best of both worlds. This is not purely a, an engineering problem. And it's not purely a data science problem. I think it's it's both, actually. So being able to predict the grid is important and being able to predict the generation and being able to predict the consumption all absolutely required to get those high percentages of renewables. It does all revolve around data, doesn't it? You know, predictive maintenance, forecasting, all of these technologies or advancements, they all rely on data. And I know from speaking to energy companies, they often tell me that data has been collected for a long time, but it's just often not utilised. So it's collected and nothing is done with it or it's not utilised to an advantage. So I guess the Internet of Things and cloud computing and you know some of these technologies, that will allow data to be, to be stored and used more efficiently, won't it? 
Yeah, it will. I think it's hard work to connect these different data sets, right? You know, it's not a trivial problem because, you know, many times the data is collected in entirely different systems. That's perfectly natural. You know, you'd want your work orders collected in a one type of system and you'd want your time series condition monitoring data collected in some other system. But then connecting them together is, is a challenge. One of the great successes that we've had at Utopus is to make those connections together. So we have some research that we're doing on being able to predict drivetrain component failures in wind turbines. And doing that just on the basis of service records or just on the basis of SCADA data, 10-minute SCADA data, or just on the basis of condition monitoring data, individually, they can get you so far. But what we found is that when you're able to connect those different data sets together, actually, they are, they are more than the sum of their parts. The predictability of drivetrain components is only really possible, in my view, when you are able to connect those different data sources together. That's the same in other parts of the power sector as well. You know, it's you have all these different assets which are generating data stored in different systems and the challenge of connecting them together is immense and sometimes apparently insurmountable. But in many cases, I believe that you can gain more by connecting them together. I mean, we're, we're talking there about data and, you know, n- new ways of, you know, connecting systems and collecting data. And there's a lot of new applications and technologies available, but that's, I mean, important itself. It's new. And I know we've had discussions on this previously. How important is it that companies adopt digital strategy and the the employees, you know, engage and have a digital mindset? I mean, how how important is that if digitalization is to really, you know, achieve what it's capable of? Digitalization and digital transformation, as I said before, isn't really even a technology problem. I think it's really a, a people problem and an organizational problem. To be able to get the full potential out of the investments in digital technology, it really requires mindset amongst people who are able to properly take advantage of it. And for some large companies that are used to working in particular ways and really optimized to work in particular ways, that's natural that you become really good at doing one thing. To then come along with some disruptive new technology and and have someone say, oh, look at this, it's amazing, you can do it like this isn't easy, right? You know, that's disruptive to people's ways of working and in some cases challenging to their current roles. That digital mindset is pretty crucial to be able to get the value out of the the digital technology. And what we've seen is that 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 varies a little bit between different types of companies, how mature the industries are that they're operating in. So the power Transmission sector may be more slow moving, naturally conservative. You know, the job is to keep the lights on. So more of a barrier there. Then looking at wind generation there, there's a a pretty high level of digital mindset, but it's still a, a slightly older industry. And then if you look at solar, then that's a newer industry. And then storage as well, that's an even newer industry and much more agile, flexible ways of working there as well. You know, mindset is one thing, but then also skills as well, I think is is crucial. And there's some surveys I saw recently about looking at post-COVID world, employers are expecting that they will need a 
employees with digital skills and in many cases advanced digital skills and there are gaps in the labor market there there are opportunities i think for universities to combine more digital and domain training the undergraduate level but then also within organizations within companies as well to ensure that domain experts are given the opportunity to acquire digital skills as well so this is a huge opportunity i think to really get the most out of digitalization enable the energy transition i think that you need a digital mindset in your organization but you also need to have the right digital skills as well interesting point you've made there that you know attracting digital talent part of that will be need more young people to to study and develop skills in data and, and other digital disciplines but companies will need to train people themselves as well won't they i mean there'll be plenty of capable employees that are out there already with energy experience but they need more training to allow them to develop the digital skills so companies need to invest in the people don't they not just the yeah. hardware and software yeah they really do and it's investment in people and you know anyone who's recruited a data science team will know that the data scientists are pretty pretty hard to come by the data science labor market is pretty hot at the moment and attracting the right talent is hard work and you know there's a question is our industry attractive enough to get those people in so just looking externally is not going to cut it i think it needs to be that combined with upskilling and retraining and giving employees more skills newer skills as well i guess to finish up i mean we've talked about lots of the new technologies and applications out there from artificial intelligence cloud computing to digital twins what role can blockchain play in the energy transition yeah so blockchain is really interesting technology this that's another topic where there's a huge amount of hype around it but actually blockchain i would see as being pretty important for this energy transition because you have such a large number of distributed transactions happening right so to have all of these generation sources and all of these demand side management happening right at the, the very low level in the grid blockchain is quite well suited to to allow that to happen in a very secure way so this challenge of market design this challenge of microgrids this challenge of demand management this decentralized energy transactions and also at the same time ensuring renewable energy provenance is there as well so is the electricity that's being consumed is that can you guarantee that that is from a renewable source interacting with requirements around metering and billing there's just a whole load of transactions happening at a very low level in the grid and that's where i see that blockchain has potential i remember when people started talking about blockchain and then most of the discussion was around bitcoin and buying bitcoin and making profit in bitcoin and and things and, and losing bitcoin but it will have an important role to play in energy transactions of the future to look out for so i think that's been a very comprehensive overview of digitalization in the energy sector michael I mean as you said it's obviously a broad topic and it encompasses all areas of the energy sector but 
You've highlighted some really interesting topics, challenges and technologies. I'd like to thank you for joining us today. Thanks, Andrew. Great to be here. And I'd like to thank everybody for tuning in again. And we will welcome you again soon. Next month, we will be looking at wind energy. So many thanks. Bye for now.